If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to another episode of the Comedy Bureau Field Report. The Comedy Bureau Field Report is, of course, a member of the Elite Podcast family. That is why the title in your favorite podcast app or platform reads, Believe in the Comedy Bureau Field Report. Doesn't that sound ridiculous? Of course it does, because I would never name it that. It's just the name of the network, and we're very gracious that they're hosting us, even though they have a very silly name, even spelled B-L-E-A-V. Uh, I'm Jake Kroger, creator of the Comedy Bureau, and... We're going to go on to our wonderful, illustrious guests, old friend of mine, uh, one of my favorite people in comedy, one of my favorite people, currently a writer on Netflix, Netflix's After Party. Please give it up for Candace Thompson, everybody. That slow clap. Thank you, Jake. <laughs> Thank you for having me. So good to of course. see you. So good to see you. How are you doing? How's quarantine? Where are you quarantining? I am doing okay in quarantine. I'm quarantining in, in my apartment mm-hmm. in uh, Mid-City, LA. And nice. uh, yeah, I've been taking this in stride. I have been somehow, and I think it's because I'd be manifesting. <laughs> I'd be manifesting. You, you be manifesting? I be manifesting, man. Like uh-huh. I, I like I was talking to a friend of mine. He's like, you and there's one other one of his friends. He was like, you guys are the only two that have been steadily working throughout this whole entire thing. And I'm like, I was like, you know what? That's you're fucking right. And it's like mm-hmm. I know, like because I can't leave my house <laughs> that we've been in a pandemic. But like work wise and stuff like that, it's just like it's like a regular year, except for the not being able to do stand up thing. That's right. uh, that's obvious. Is it yeah. you and Yasser? Right, Yasser. Because <laughs> Yasser was last week's guest. Oh, hilarious. I love Yasser, and he stays working, too. He <laughs> stays working. Him, it was actually a Willie. Willie Hunter has been working. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. My friend was like, you and Willie just been working this whole entire time. <laughs> but I'll, now I have to remind him that also Yasser. <laughs> to make him feel extra bad about himself. And Yasser, don't forget. <laughs> I, I like most people who have been like gracious enough to like work in this time they're usually like oh, I, I'm very thankful I'm very grateful and yes. you know I know a lot of people are going through a hard time but there was a window of time in last fall when there were just outdoor shows that it felt it felt safe uh and I went to some of those and I remember Ben Bazuna going up and he's like guys I know you're not gonna want to hear this but I've actually been doing really great in quarantine <laughs> And like, I know he was trying to do it ironically. Yeah. But he fucking tanked. 
Did he really? Yeah, no one, no one wanted to hear it. Nobody wants to hear that right now. Nobody. Oh. And I mean, you could just get a taste of that on Twitter. I mean, Twitter is always a miserable place to be, but you can get a, you get a general feel for like the sentiment during pandemic when you just go on Twitter. It's like, oh, the people are just hanging on by a thread right now. Like mm-hmm. to show any type of joy, you yep. get attacked or positivity. How dare you? We're all <laughs> supposed to be miserable right now. Right. How dare you? Right. I mean, like, why are we even doing award shows? They every there should be no award shows. I mean, I, this is the first, and I normally do watch those just right. because, like, I'm in the business and I do like, and there's always movies that I like that I'm like, oh, I I hope they win, and celebrities that I'm like, oh, I like their talent. Right. But this year, it just did not feel right. It was like, what do we like? I, we talked about before we started recording. It's like there's this upper echelon of people that have been unaffected by all of this, mm-hmm. and it's like, and now we gotta watch them get trophies for it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Nah, man, I'm not. You know how it's like already privileged. I'm like just reminding you. Yeah. Behind a mask. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. And I, I'm saying that as a person who, if I won an Oscar during a pandemic, of course, would go to the ceremony. <laughs> of course. Even, I, of course, yeah, I'm going to participate. I know died in the wool anarchists that would be like, oh, but of course I would want to go. Of course. Uh, yeah, it would give me an opportunity to say, d- decry the evils of capitalism, but I want to go. I want to go, and I would maybe use that platform and opportunity to decry, you know, yeah. uh, the evils of capitalism for sure. Yeah, uh, make sure I, I get I get a makeover and I look really good. Of course, it's like, what am I going to get? What am I going to get this opportunity again? <laughs> yeah. I, I have to go. It just gets annoying when it's like people, like for example, when uh, like when Tiffany won hers, it's like. <laughs> Tiffany, I've known you for a year. This is brings me joy to see this right. happen. But Especially like with how she found out. Like right. I didn't it. watch that. I didn't watch the, the the clip of that, but I saw it like on Twitter today, but I didn't actually get to like hear it. Yeah. But I mean yeah. A- any, anybody listening to this, pause, go go to Tiffany Haddish's Twitter, look at her finding out that she won the Grammy for best comedy album uh while taping an episode of kids say the darndest things it's hilarious did she start cursing no she started crying oh <laughs> i like that she just starts cursing in front of all the kids oh yeah that would be really really great that would be i think they probably had a long conversation when she got hired as the host of that like, show you must forget every curse word that you know like yeah that's i would get fired yeah day, day two yeah, they were like, Tiffany, we love you. You're great. Um, on this set, you are a G-rated Tiffany. Yes, channel whatever that is. Channel your inner Nickelodeon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't, <laughs> it wouldn't work for me. I would last literally a day. Yeah. <laughs> Same here. I don't yeah. have kids. I, yeah, I mean, they're fine, but like to work with them? I don't know. <laughs> no. And even uh, something would get on my nerves if they were well-behaved too. You said if they were? If, if they were, I don't know, like, wouldn't you start thinking about, like, man, like, like what your childhood was like in relation to theirs and what they had to go through? Or, I don't know. I, I just don't like kids in general. He's like, maybe I'll just stop talking. It's because I don't like kids. Yep. <laughs> maybe yeah. Maybe because I just don't have nope. any tolerance for anyone under the age of 25. 
No, no, I don't. No, I get it. I do consider people under 25 to be children. Yeah, and they look like children, honestly. They do. That's why I don't buy any of these pedo dudes that are like, well, I thought she was 26. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Because she's 16 and she looks like she's 12. Like, that's why. Because it's just, it's ridiculous. Absolutely. (laughs) I mean, if that's your only defense that I thought, I thought. Right. Yeah. Even the I, she told me she was, mm-hmm. she told me she was 18. Mm-hmm. Like if, if you, if that's what you have to say, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> you're wrong. Right. You're wrong. Right. Absolutely. Just yeah. like that, that, uh, that podcast, yo, is, is this, or uh, yeah, yo, is this racist? It's like, if you have to ask. Then it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or the, yeah. that Reddit, I'm not a big Reddit person, but my roommate is, uh, that subreddit, uh, are you the asshole? Am, oh no, am I the asshole? Oh, I haven't seen that one. Yeah, but it's just like a bunch of stories of, of, of people submitting just like, well, I did this, this, and this, am I the Hilarious. asshole? And it's like, yes. y- yeah. It's like 99% of the time, yes. Mm-hmm. If you have to ask, mm-hmm. there we go. It's a good litmus test. If you're asking, yep. might be you. Yeah, or the, you ever do that test for, for so it, like, sometimes it's it's um, reported if you are worried about being a sociopath you are therefore not a sociopath you're not because sociopaths are not self this is i lied to you before we started recording and said i'm only well versed in two things mm-hmm. i'm well versed also in sociopathy because i dated one you know about that i think you know i know i think you posted a like a, a online book that i downloaded it's on my desktop is it the, the narcissism one the, yes yeah i haven't read it yet but what makes narcissists tick yep but boot that that was just one of the books that I read. I've read many. Because right. One of my friends, because I was talking to a friend about my situation at the time, and it had messed me up in on so many levels that I just was like in this limbo of I can't get back to my real life. I can't trust myself or other people anymore because of the mind fuck. It is dating a sociopath. And um my friend was like, I think you need to read and bought me this book. It's called The Sociopath Next Door. And mm-hmm. I was like, what is, and then I, and it solved all, it answered all, I hadn't, th- so much closure after I read that book. I was like, oh my God, mm-hmm. oh my God, it was not me. Yeah. I'm not crazy. This person is mentally, emotionally abusive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm In sorry. LA, there are a dime a dozen. You throw a rock, you hit a sociopath. That's oh how. yeah. Yeah. And please throw a rock. Please, please. Please. <laughs> Please, throw, I beg you, throw a rock. <laughs> the last non, the last non-comedy job I had, I worked for a sociopath. Uh, there, I mean, it LA just attracts them because these are people we're talking about the most damaged people, and they want to come, and then they want they want fame, they want like validation from complete strangers because their parents abused them or whatever. They had this emptiness inside of them that they right. think mm-hmm. they can fill with just yeah. outside validation, and you can't, and it never goes away. They just abuse good people like us. <laughs> yep. And this is our new ad for uh, mental health. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the ac- what the acronym uh, NAMI stands for. National Association on Mental... You know, there are a bunch of mental health organizations that I- I'll put in the show notes. They're very important. Mental health is extremely important and supportive. You know what the fuck I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Also, yeah. Google sliding scale therapy. If you don't think you have access to it, it's a very affordable. I, for three years, was paying $20 uh, per week for an hour. 
That's great. Yeah, yeah. I did have to get cycled through several therapists because of it, but I still got therapy every week. What do you mean? They were like, we can't help him. No, so, <laughs> Let's so, move him I mean, on to the next one. I wish. Uh, no, what happened was sliding scale therapy, a lot of the places that do it, they, you don't get fully licensed therapists. You get people that have like uh, graduated from like a program. Yeah. Getting their hours. Right, 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 right. So like, that's I see what why, you're saying. Yeah. Right. And so you get cycled out and sometimes you get asked, oh man, this was such a subtly disturbing question I got asked recently. Oh no. Oh, Jake, do you think that there's an end to therapy or no? Oh, I mean. No, no, there's not. I would like to say yes, but I mean, how do you know when you know what I'm saying? Like everyone's yeah. constantly evolving. And right. how do you know when your your damage is healed? Like you don't, right. you don't know until you, pre- you can't predict what's going to happen next week. And no. you don't know what comes out of you. We're all, we constantly change and evolve. So I don't know. I would say, yeah. I would like to say, yes, there's an end to therapy, but right. probably not. I mean, it all depends on what your goals are and what you want out of it. And also like, I just think it's, it's more than helpful to just have somebody who is a professional to like be open and vulnerable to, to talk to every week. That's great. Yes. Everyone should have that. Yeah. Whether you have like very explicit problems that you can talk about, or even, I mean, that's the thing is sometimes it's like that little thing that nags at you that like is actually, it's not about that. It's about a bigger thing. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's explore. (laughs) Let's explore. (laughs) You know, I I even started uh, like gaming my therapist where I'd ask her a question uh, about like, like, you know, like I'd explain a situation and I'm like, well, what do you think about that? Oh, wait a minute. I have to answer that first. And then you give me your answer. Okay. I will say how I feel about it. Yeah. 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 And she's like, yeah, you, you get it. Yeah. <laughs> you, you get it. I, I did therapy. It was very short lived mm-hmm. and it was because of what we were just talking about with my experience with dating that person that like drove me, like made me so insecure about myself, but um, it didn't last very long. And it was because I don't think I liked the therapist. And then yeah. like, I don't, I didn't just, I didn't click with her. And then I didn't feel comfortable with her. And then I just got, I didn't look for another therapist. Right. <laughs> I never, and then, so I just never went back to therapy. Yeah, but you know, you can be specific in your searches and we will get to comedy in a second, guys. Uh, but mental health is important. <laughs> mental health first. You, so you can look for therapists that are trauma-informed, uh, mm-hmm. that are sensitive to racial issues um, mm. or like therapists that you can like ask for certain genders or, um, you know, think whether they're like family therapists or like there are any number of things even types of theory, therapy, EMDR therapy or whatever, um, and then go from there. Can I ask for one with thick thighs? You know, I think you can, but I don't <laughs> know that you'll get a therapist that necessarily has thick thighs so much as like has a, a, a great care for somebody who's worried about having a therapist with thick thighs. <laughs> Is it, wait, I so wait, is this, you're looking, you're looking for a therapist as a partner? Is that what you want? <laughs> yeah, no, that was just a failed attempt at 
Like, how can I make a joke about me being superficial during ther- during a therapy session? No, I, hey, look, <laughs> I get it. Also, it's not uncommon to get a crush on your therapist if they're remotely attractive to you. Oh, I'm sure. And I know that's just a, no, that's just all types of wrong waiting to happen. Like you can't no. mix that therapy with dating. That's just, no. that's got to be in therapy 101. Mm-hmm. And yet so many shows that have therapists on them have that as a plot. Of course, Mm -hmm. of course. Even like in The Sopranos, it was like he didn't, they didn't like date, but there was like intimacy that was being cultivated there. And I know he had like some like fantasies about the two of them. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Speaking Mm -hmm. of sociopaths, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. One of, one of the most renowned. Um, right. I want to hear so much of what you've been up to in this time uh, in regards to comedy and writing and all such and thriving. But let's go through some news. Yes. Okay. Uh, so first, uh, uh, NBC today unveiled the trailer for their newest Mike Schur series, or as Vulture likes to, uh, they have coined part of the Mike Schur cinematic universe. Uh, for those who don't know, Mike Schur. M-S-C-U. M-S-C-U. Yes, they abbreviated it like that too. Um, that guy is responsible for Parks and Rec and Brooklyn Nine-Nine and... Did he do The Good Place too? The, or am I making good that place. up? Good yeah. Place, yeah. I remember that because I went to a panel with the, uh, all the writers and Mike Schur said that he had to um, reassign seating for Jen Statsky and Megan Amram because together they would clown him so much. Hilarious. And even though he's one of the most powerful writer producers in Hollywood, he's just like, I can't, I can't take this. See, and that's the level I need to get to. It's like where yeah. I can clown my boss so hard, that, but still not have one worry in the world that if I lose this job, <laughs> yeah. I'll be fine. You just have to not sit next to your friend at work for like an hour. <laughs> I can't do that. That's asking too much. sorry i can't do that um anyways so his uh latest show that's uh uh, about to um premiere is called rutherford falls um and notably it uh well it stars ed helms and of course it takes place in a small town and there's a there's a park and rex vibe to it um maybe why it's part of the mscu uh but there is (laughs) Uh, an indigenous community in the town, uh, which I'm sure is uh, a very, well, it's in in inclusion standards. I mean, I think that's definitely good. Fantastic. Yeah, indigenous representation has been severely limited across the board. I mean, you know, the Oscars want to talk about uh, how they included a lot bunch of, and they did for all their nominees, but I don't know. I haven't watched all the like shorts, but I don't know. I don't know if there's any indigenous Jake. What? There's not. <laughs> There's not. And but and that's the thing, that's what just like gets on my nerves with all the inclusion stuff. It's cause like 
but we're not including everybody. And then it's like, there's always mm -hmm. someone that gets left out. There's always, and also the people that are complaining about the inclusion. I'm like, you know, you're the ones in charge of the inclusion and you're still not doing it. And you're complaining as if you don't have all the power. You mm -hmm. have the power. You're right. up there just on your soapbox talking about it. your own talk. It's all lip service. Do something. Yeah. Do something. Because the truth is they still want to work. And so do all their friends. Uh -huh. And so do, right, they're all their friends, family members. And, and here's the thing. I'm not one of these people who thinks that everything is racist. Like if right. you want to have a conversation about with me about how everything's racist, I'm not the one because right. it's just not true. It's right. not true. And I'm, I don't think that a lot of this stuff is malicious. I think some of it is, but I don't right. think all of it is. So I don't think they're going out of their way to not hire brown people, black people, mm -hmm. gay people, whoever. I think that what it is, is that whoever is in charge, and this has just been the case since the beginning of time, you hire who you fucks with. Mm -hmm. you hire people that you have known and that are in your circles. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, a lot of the times, people that are in your circles are people that are like you, that look like you, that are, you know, a lot of the times the same ethnicity as you. And so mm -hmm. it's not malicious. It's not like I'm not gonna hire this black person. It's just, you didn't, I don't know you like that. And this is who I'm, this is my circle of people and you're just not in it. Yeah. And to blame that on racism mm -hmm. is, is, uh, is not right. But mm -hmm. we do have to have a conversation about like, yeah, we need to open up these writers' rooms to more opportunities, of course. Right. But to, to go ahead and blame, call everyone racist is not is not productive either. No, it's not. It's not productive because then people get entrenched and defensive and right. So on and so forth. But yeah, I mean, like you know, to your point, that's why people like Issa Rae are important. Mindy Kaling yes. are important because they fucks with all sorts of different people. And that's great. That's what, what, what everyone should do. That's what everyone should do. And not only is that going to benefit you, but it also benefits your show to have all different types. We've all watched a show and that, like I've watched a black show and been like, okay, I know there was no black person in that writer's room because this is, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is a black show written from a white perspective. And you can yep. tell it's like mm -hmm. black people, that's how white people think black people talk. And it's just oh, not, yeah. you can tell. So, right. Just, it's always better to have diversity, always. Right. That's what I wonder aspect. about very specifically, uh, of, oh, a friend of mine begged me to watch This Is Us because there's an adopted storyline in it. Yes. And I'm watching it. First off, nobody talks like that at all. <laughs> White, black, whoever, nobody nobody. Talks like, nobody. <laughs> the fat people don't talk like that. But definitely adopted people don't talk like that. Adopted people don't do not talk like that at all. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it's kind of the problem with us is like we've talked so little about our own thing that we yeah. don't even know how to like talk about it. We don't. That's hilarious. <laughs> but, but and that it's so funny that you bring up adoption. It's because that's something that is so like you don't that is not even on anyone's radar when you think about uh -huh. in, inclusion. Right. But it's like, what about all the adopted people? Right. Absolutely. You know what's even more hilarious than that? So I, I mentioned Clubhouse before we uh, started the pod. And one of the beautiful things about Clubhouse, uh, even though it's another social media platform, yeah, adoptee community on it that I'm. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And that's, I didn't even get it on for comedy. Somebody 
ping me on to it because like, oh, there are all these adoptees and you could talk to adoptees. And I'm like, wow, this is amazing. And uh, I've gotten to connect with them. And there was one group where it's specifically just Asian adoptees. And oh, I, wow. Yeah, it was really great. It's mostly Korean people. Um, Why is that? They, because there <laughs> is, oh, Candace, there is an adoption industrial complex that feeds into the US. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is real. Because of racism, Candace. <laughs> no, because of capitalism. That's. <laughs> That is, yeah, they, they um, there are certain orphanages that get a kickback in money by sending ki Korean kids over to the U.S. But the problem, the issue is, all right, so there's different stories from adoptees from different countries, um, whether they're from Russia, Korea, China. I mean, China, a lot of Chinese adoptees, they have a tra traumatic story because they had that one child policy. And a right. lot of the kids who were born, they were just like, all right, we, you can't live here because of the stupid policy we have. Right. So we were just going to give you up. Ugh. Yeah. And so uh, we were talking about a, a representation very specifically in adoption. And like, you know, of course, there's not a lot. And then the moderator right. asked me, so Jake, as the only Southeast Asian adoptee in this room, what experiences of South Asian, Asian, Southeast Asian adoption representation in the media have you seen? And I was like, um, uh. Patrick. There is none. None. <laughs> there is none. There what are you talking? None. Did you just hear what the question you asked? Right. <laughs> South East Asian adoption representation. <laughs> no. There's no, there's barely anything, man. No, there's only three people that can say that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, it's not happening. Like it's so, but that and that's my whole point with like I inclusion. Yes, we need to do it, but like it's like there's. It's just always, there's always some agenda with it. And it's like, mm -hmm. it, it's, it's always, I feel like there's always selfish reasons behind so many things. And it's like, cause there's, well, there's no way we're ever gonna be able to include everybody. Like right. there's always gonna be a group that is not included somewhere. <laughs> there's, right. that's just always gonna exist. We can't, we can't do a, we are the world movie with everybody in it. I mean, we can try Jake. <laughs> it won't be good. We can try. <laughs> Right. <laughs> We've all seen shows where it's like their only goal was inclusion and yeah. there was no plot. <laughs> they just wanted to check all the boxes and that show was trash. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, you know, it would be nice to get like a legit adoption story. There, There is like a new comedy. You can write it. Why don't you write it? I, you know, the sitcom that people have been telling me to write is the one about like me and my roommate who is a militant lesbian. Hilarious. <laughs> and how we just, I mean, I don't think cope is the right word. We're just getting through this. Without killing one another. <laughs> uh -huh. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Well. Yeah. yeah. So, right. I mean, I'll get on it after I, after I. It's like, after I figure out this other shit, I'll do it. Yeah, but no, maybe I'll, uh, people have always told me to write that too. You've, you, you've heard kind of my adoption story, right? I mean, there's a lot to mine there. Yeah. After, yes. And, and for the stuff that are, that's question marks, that's where you use your imagination. Yeah. <laughs> you fill that in. Do you remember the year I went around, and I even talked about this at Mike's, how I just thought I was a rape baby for a year? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're one of a very tiny handful of people. Yes, I remember that. I want to say I remember specifically at Senior Fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, uh, did I mention how I like, oh, you know, 
there's never a good time to ask your adopted dad whether you're a rape baby or not. <laughs> I kept looking for a good time, but it just never came up. <laughs> He's like, I was, you know, I was thinking maybe on Christmas, but no, that would ruin it. No, maybe like, you know, Father's Day. <laughs> Something where it's like a somber sort of observance sort of holiday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, wait, wait, so you you have since moved past this theory, you don't think you think no, I actually asked him. I because there wasn't a good time. I just like, all right, I just need to ask. Yeah. I asked him, I was like, hey dad. <laughs> all right, weird question. Do you think I'm a rape baby? <laughs> and he he took it in stride but then he he gave you know what is i think definitively the worst answer what did he say probably so you still think you are i'm it makes sense oh but wow. i had to come with peace i can't, i had to come to peace with a lot of a lot of all of this because there's no definitive answers in my story at all um and i just have to use intuition to feel out like wh where i sort of came from and, and have my own relationship to that as well as like knowing that i've lived this whole life separate from all of that yeah and that has almost nothing to do with who i am of course of yeah. course absolutely yeah. but now <laughs> It begs the question, Jake, uh -huh. have yeah. you, <laughs> have, what's your experience with, what was it, Southeast Asian yes. <laughs> rape baby adoption representation? Have you seen any? <laughs> now you're an even smaller group. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, do you, you want to make it? Okay. Okay. Let, let, let's, let's, let's top this. What have I seen <laughs> representation for Southeast Asian rape baby adoptees that are also army brats and demisexuals? Have I seen that? <laughs> that have also biracial parents? Exactly. I'm just no. saying. Where's my movie? Where's my talk show? Where's your sitcom? Mm-hmm. Where's your pop now? And you just need to maybe now start a podcast, rape baby. <laughs> rape baby podcast. No joke. There are plenty of Korean adoptee podcasts. Really? Yes. So that's, I guess that's the only inclusion you guys get. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. You guys get representation yeah. in the podcast community. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That Asian adoptee group is like 80 to 90% Korean adoptees. And then the other 10 to 20% is like, no, the other 15% is like Chinese. And then the 5% is just a mixed bag of like Filipino, Vietnamese, Uzbekistan. Wow, all yeah. these Asian statistics. Mm -hmm. I feel like I've learned something today. Well, glad to be a service. Uh, I would play that the more you know thing, but I don't have the rights to that. Oh, you can just hum it. <laughs> do, do, do. There you go. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. There we go. Anyways, Rutherford Falls, it stars Ed Helms. Um, it seems as though, uh, based off the trailer, there's a big um, hullabaloo in the town because the uh, town's uh, sort of founder has a statue that is very um, poorly located in the city and they want to move it. And Ed Helms is like a descendant of the founder. And then 
there is a indie casino that's adjacent to the town, I believe, uh, that's on tribal lands. And the indigenous character played by comedian Jana, Jana Schmeiding, Schmeiding, I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, unless she's listening to this podcast. I mean, I saw There's her no at a Native American comedy showcase at UCB. One of oh, the last wow. shows I saw at UCB Sunset, by the way. And on Sunset, oh yeah. yeah. Which I actually, I took a picture of this and posted it, but it, the way that the sign lights up, it actually says, get Citizens Brigade. Hilarious. The U-P-R-I is uh, was, not lit up anymore. Was blacked out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sounds about right. Yeah, it used to be an abandoned rehab center. Did you know that? No, but it had the energy of that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it yeah, did. it did. Yeah. Definitely had the energy of some type of institution. Yeah. I joked, though, that now it will be haunted by an improv team that does no edits. <laughs> Long form improv. It just never ends. With no, no one tags anybody out. <laughs> Truly, that my first uh, experience with improv that happened. We played. They, we did some short form game called Buzzwords, where like people the in the scene they get a word and you have to guess it by saying it and yeah. then enter and exit. Yeah, and I couldn't guess anybody's word, and I Hilarious. started the scene, and so I was just doing twenty minutes of improv by myself, and I had a breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> and then my teacher was just like, "All right, that's." Just have a seat, Jake. Yeah. <laughs> That's your, it's okay. <laughs> That's amazing and hilarious. And I'm so sorry you had to experience it, but don't let it define you. It's, oh, that's of all the things that define me, that is not <laughs> a thing that defines me. Um, so with all that said, um, what do you think of this new show by Mike Schwer? I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. I'm here. I love I don't think there's anything that he's done that I haven't enjoyed. Yeah. So I'm here for it. And with, yeah, the Native American representation, I am part Native American and mm-hmm. most people don't know that, but it's, I don't talk about it that much because I don't know much about my ancestry. So it's like, uh, I don't like, I don't even like claiming it. Like there's right. things that I've done where there were, I've been hit up like, Candace, there's a Native American. I was like, I've never even claimed that part of me. So like that mm-hmm. you might as well hire somebody Right. who's white to do it because it would be the sa- I would feel that same type of guilt right it does make for one of your best jokes <laughs> wait which one is- it's been so long since I've heard any of my jokes let me see if I can get this right it's like uh, oh the black and when two most oppressed people yeah. unite the baby <laughs> comes out looking white it just comes out looking white <laughs> yeah that one it, it's a Thank Kansas you. Thompson classic <laughs> and you can hear it on the album that I had Candace on, Comedians of Interest, Volume One, uh, handpicked uh, six comedians handpicked by me. Um, it's the only album released by the Comedy Bureau. And yeah, that was so fun. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so thrilled that you're on it. Yeah, no. I, every time I get those residual checks. <laughs> what, what, I mean, it's especially because you buy vegan food. What do you buy? Like a block of cheese? What could you afford off and of that? An onion. An onion. I go to like, and people hate me because I like, I shop at, uh, oh, I, I shop Erwan, at the most elitist grocery store. Yeah, Erwan. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing I have a membership. Look, don't hate me. I have a membership. I, I, I text them. You can text Erwan. You can literally, I can send them a text right now right. and say, hey, 
y'all got, you guys got raw, organic, sprouted almonds. Mm -hmm. And they respond back within like a half hour. And people like, people get mad at them because they're so expensive. And I'm like, that's why. Mm -hmm. You text Ralph right now, tell me what happens. Not Fuck a thing. Yeah. You know, you can't text anybody. And if yeah. you could, they're not going to respond to you. Yeah, no. So I'm like, that's why they can charge $15 for an apple. I look, I don't mind Erwan. Uh, even though I get why it's expensive and all that. My yeah. my specific beef with Erwan, yeah, that like, why is it so hard to find just orange juice? Why? Like, no, like any anytime I've gone to Erwan, uh-huh. Though the new one in Silver Silver Lake has been different. I haven't like, been to that one yet. The one by the Grove. Mm -hmm. Oh man, we're getting so inside baseball LA here. The one mm -hmm. by the Grove, I remember I went in, I was like, I just want plain orange juice. I don't want turmeric in it. I don't want charcoal in it. I don't want <laughs> Now I see what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, and there's and there's a there literal like wall, this like wall-sized freezer worth of juices. And it's like everything has at least 10 ingredients. And I'm like, just just give me the orange juice. Jake, why would you why would you go for just orange juice when you could get an enhanced version of <laughs> orange juice? Uh -huh. You're looking for the basic bitch of orange juices uh -huh. when you could get like this on a scale of one to 10 mm -hmm. with the 10 being like, let's say Charlize Theron. Why, why wouldn't you get the Charlize Theron mm -hmm. or of the orange juices? Candace, I did not have a mattress salesperson there to aid me along in my juice journey. <laughs> That's what I was missing. <laughs> Now, why would you just go for? <laughs> Did you, it was it for you? Just wanted to drink it. I just wanted to drink some orange juice. I wanted just some simple. But it would have helped your body more with the turmeric in it. Yeah, I'll <laughs> with take the all that activated shit. charcoal. I will take all that shit with supplements. I just give me give me the OJ. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I I understand what that is. If you're yeah. not, if you just wanted the taste of it, I get it. But no, I appreciate Erwan. They have a whole like section that's just like sauces or soups, sauces like that are all. In oh jars. yes, yeah. I don't, I don't ever get those. But yes, I've seen the soup, the soup wall. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I would also, also, I would say that if, if you have a sweet tooth and you're looking for sweet snacks. You know, I don't know if that's necessarily the place to go. Well, for me, it is. Mm -hmm. If you're vegan and you're right. uber healthy, yes. But they are expensive too. But like they're, you know, if you want to drop $9 or $10 on a brownie, then Erewhon is for you. Sure. <laughs> but it's a healthier brownie. And it's like, I'll pay because I know that the ingredients in there are not the ingredients that, you know, that at the 99 cent store in the, in the what are those? I used to eat them when I was in high school. What's it called? Uh, it's like this disc, mm -hmm. like a Dolly Madison chocolate thing with like whatever. You know what I'm talking about. I know. That's, what what, that's literally, literally poison. Whereas okay. Erewhon, you're like, you're getting ingredients you can pronounce. So that's why right. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll right. pay for it. Sure. Yeah, no, I did. Look, hey, unemployment is largely gone to nice groceries. I also know somebody, there's another comedian uh, who, it's actually like he and a few other comedians, they like, they not only go to Air One, but they talk about going to Air One. Where it's yeah, like, yeah, you know, it is expensive, but it's just like, it's a higher vibration here. Like, it, I it I get so really depressed is. if I go to Vons or it like really Rouse. is. 
and it's like yeah the lighting the the arrange yeah it's better i get it yeah no you it makes you want to be a better person like (laughs) that's a grocery store that you walk in you're like i feel good about myself today and if a grocery store can do that air one is the one that'll do it like i feel like if my if my outfit's not on point i won't go to air one because i know (laughs) you you have to step up your game Uh uh-huh at air one you know to that point i'm like oh i know that i'm fine here My hard pants <laughs> buttoned up wearing ass is fine see? here. See? Yeah. yeah, you fit right in with the fashion in Erewhon, see? Mm-hmm. They look at you like you're crazy if you go in bonds. Yeah, no, I definitely... I, so one of my more impulsive uh, quarantine purchases is these like ridiculous J.W. Anderson mule slippers that have like this gold chain accessory on them. Uh-huh. Well... Uh, go to my Instagram if you want to see it, if you're listening. There are these. Oh, my goodness. Right? That's like a big doogie chain. Right? Yeah. Right? So I, I wore that. With it. Thank you. It's one of my favorite things that I have in this apartment. Nice. I, I wore those it. to Ralph's and I got stopped three times. For compliments? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I take back my comment then. Maybe Ralph's is ready for you. but i think it depends on which one you go to yeah it was the third street one yeah (laughs) see (laughs) yeah there were a bunch of white people yeah that makes sense (laughs) there's vaulted ceilings this wasn't seriously i like just had to like because i had a busy day i had to go to pavilions today and unfortunately pavilions usually is nice error but the one that i live close to is trash oh the one on melrose yeah, they're not all equal. No, they're not. It's so crazy. It's like I, this. I feel like I'm at Food for Less. I, this is where the energy's at. See, and if anybody's listening to this and you shop at Food, where there's no judgment here. No, we're not judging. But I am a, an elitist when it comes to groceries. <laughs> so, what is your take on? Yeah, we're we're talking about it. What is your take on Costco, Candice, as a grocery store elitist? I still fucks with Costco because okay. I'm also a doomsday planner. <laughs> and I know those two things normally don't go go together. <laughs> I feel like you're slowly just forming your show. <laughs> this agro health and wellness doomsday prepper talk show. You're not wrong. I should probably be writing this down. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no. Oh, go ahead. You interview your guests through walkie talkies. I used to be able to do that so well when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. I can't do it anymore. Um, yeah, no, it, it's fine, Candace. <laughs> no, I must nail this. Go ahead. I don't <laughs> edit this. I just spend the rest of the hour just. I would love it. Anyway, but no, I fucks with Costco hard. Um, yeah. I don't go there all the time, but there are certain things there that that I, I like their quinoa. They have a mm. big, really big bag of organic quinoa right. that's pre-washed, so you uh-huh. don't have to rinse it. Right. Uh, their seaweed, I love Kirkland seaweed, the little seaweed snacks. It's right. got the most in the pack, right. and you get the, the, the most for your money, right. um, and it's organic. But yeah, I only go there, I went there a few times during the pandemic because I am stocking up just in right. case. Uh-huh. But, um, you know, toilet paper right. and paper towels, mm-hmm. hand soap, all that stocked up on that. But right. um, I don't Everything. go there all the time. 
everything that's at the front of Costco. Absolutely. <laughs> they, they know what's up during this pandemic. It's like, what do you guys want? Toilet paper, paper towels, Swiffer, vitamins, air <laughs> purifiers. We got it right here in the front. Right here in the front. That's how they lure you in. Oh, yeah. And then I end up in that sweatpants department and I'm just like, oh, here we go. That is a, I've never, you know, I do stand up. I'm usually, there's no levels of shame that I, bother me really, but trying on clothes in the middle of Costco is something. Oh, I'm, no, I will never do that. I've never, and I will never buy like real clothing there. It's just always yeah. athletic wear. I'll buy sports bras, <laughs> sports bras. <laughs> Some leggings and some sweats and that to me is not worth trying on it's like i i know what size i am and if the sweats don't fit then i'll just turn them into something else <laughs> <laughs> right have you ever tried to return something at costco by the way i haven't it's so depressing it's basically you go there and they don't need they'll look at a receipt but then it just goes in this big pile of everything and like um, people return food and it's like and this is pre-pandemic i don't know what it is like now right right but like it's like all right we'll take this chicken back and it's like what are you guys doing no yeah no i i hear they're very lenient with their return policy but i'm just like yeah you shouldn't be no <laughs> yeah no you, there's a you need to draw the line you need costco needs to set boundaries I'm like picturing in my head this pile of stuff that they've taken back and it just in my head I went to like a really sad version of Toy Story like uh -huh. all the rejects like all of them coming to life and like being right. suicidal right <laughs> the laptop oh. that got returned because he just didn't have enough memory right. <laughs> it, wait are yeah, you guys. pitching like a, a spinoff of all of Sid's toys wait is that what that is no wait, what the is like in the first Toy Story, oh, the bad kid, it. his name was Sid. Oh, I don't remember that at all. He had all the like fucked up toys because he like broke all of them and put them back together. I vaguely remember that, but I haven't seen the first Toy Story since it came out. <laughs> so I, I mean, don't, I remember nothing from Toy it's Story. It's okay. Look, I, the <sighs> Toy Story 3, I saw, I, there was six months where I befriended a sex worker I, out of like, you know, I want to know what they're like in real life. And this person seems nice enough mm -hmm. and she likes comedy, but man, was that a bad choice? Um, oh no. She, uh, we had not talked for like a couple or, or hung out for a couple weeks she was going through a bunch of stuff but then she's like why don't we go see toy story 3 at the el capitan and i'm like okay okay and like we she picked the showtime and i get there and she's like running late and i'm like oh are we gonna make this like all right the trailers are starting i don't know and then finally she's like sorry blowjob went long let me worse stop I mean, all right, trigger warning, everybody. Oh, uh, no. For, you know, I get, things of a graphic nature. So she came in uh, rushing. She's like, oh, my God, I'm so, so sorry. I got in this fight with my boyfriend. And he locked me out of my apartment. And then I cut myself while he kept me out of my own apartment. And I was, like, bleeding on the door, hoping he'd let me in. Wait, and then she, she cut herself on purpose? She's not smart. Oh, yeah. No. yeah, and uh, she, she was not, it wasn't doing well, but um, she she showed me her fresh scar marks on her wrists. 
Why? As if I didn't, if I needed a, an illustration. Right, I don't, I don't need to see that, yeah. Yeah, and so that is what I saw instead of Toy Story 3. Oh no. I, I don't remember any of the movie. I mean, I, yes, I objectively was in the theater and there were images playing, but. Right, but I can't. <laughs> no. He's like, I suppressed everything. Yeah. I think, I, think I, I, res I connected with the movie at the point where they're like about to go into this furnace, but that's it. Yeah. I'm sorry that you had to experience it. <laughs> yeah. We, we I'm did so not. Sorry. We did not talk after that. <laughs> Yeah, I'm so sorry because that people are weird. Yes, I feel so sorry for that girl, but I did, could not put any more emotional labor into that friendship. Um, also, her boyfriend wanted me to read the game, and I feel personally offended. Neil Strauss is the game. Mm-hmm. I even like, read it. recommended it to you. He emailed me a PDF. <laughs> The same way I emailed you that what makes narcissists tick. He said yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. I read. Book. And it, it, to be fair, I read about 15 pages and I'm like, oh, this is like pointed uh, to get under my skin. So I'm not going to read this anymore. It's no, that's not good. I've, I've even talked about that book on stage mm -hmm. because of like, that's how I've learned about what nagging is, but you know right. about that. Yeah. Yeah, awful. That shouldn't be a thing. I feel so sorry for the world that women live in. You didn't, you, you do not deserve it. I'm so, so sorry. And I'm not I, trying to pander. It's got its perks. <laughs> it got its perks? It's got, it, it does have its perks. Absolutely. Yeah. I love being a woman. Yeah. Great. I love it. I mean, it's got its challenges, but everyone has challenges. Yeah, that's true. I, I don't feel great being a guy, but I know I'm a guy. Yo, embrace that shit, yo. <laughs> I got to deal with all the other adjectives first. <laughs> right, he's like, that's just down here on the priority list. Yeah, no, that's all the other stuff that needs addressing. All right, so next story. Uh, South by Southwest just started this week. Um... <laughs> Today, in fact, as of this recording, and the Adult Swim president uh, was in conversation uh, on a panel, and he said that uh, there might be a case of the Roaring Twenties uh, that will happen as the pandemic here ends, and as such, there might be a drop in content consumption because uh, people will go outside. They will. They will. <laughs> And they'll go outside and be on their phones? I hope not. I hope not. <laughs> um, yeah, like, I think for sure that's going to happen. But at the same time, we're, we're too far gone as a, as a society. With I mean, our phones are in our hands all the time. So we weren't right. enjoying nature before the pandemic. Right. So, like, people are going to go out. But when, what are they going to be doing when they're out? They're probably not listening to podcasts. But that, that's not going to stop them from listening to podcasts when they come home. Right. We're too far gone. It's I mean, like, yeah, we're going to go back to being outside and breathing mm -hmm. fresh air for, like, a hot minute. And then we're going to be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But once, once they've gotten, like, that, you know, a few beats of nature, like, oh, this is so beautiful and serene. 
I wonder what. All right, time's up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm bored. Yeah. It's true. How do I undo this screen time thing? Right. Yeah. And you're like, that's not a screen. That's a tree. <laughs> it's Candace. It's so shocking. Like when I mention to people, I turn off my phone at the movie theater when that was a thing. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'm gonna go to a movie theater. I'm gonna turn mm-hmm. off my phone. It's just mm-hmm. gonna be off for two hours. Yeah. You're like, but how? Yeah. But why? Why would you do that? Because I want to enjoy the movie. Yeah. And they're yeah. like, oh my god. And I'm like, why is this a revolutionary act? This should yeah. not be. Yeah, no. Everyone keeps saying people have lost their minds. And I'm like, no, people had already lost their minds. We, mm-hmm. this just brought it to the surface. But like, no, people, that's such a normal thing. Like, yeah, you should put your phone away. Why do you need to be on your phone in a movie? Mm-hmm. But people, people are trash, Jake. I can't, I just need to have a podcast called People Are Trash. Yeah. <laughs> you just go just, down, it, it's like, it's like, pardon the interruption. It just, you go down a list like trash. Yeah. Like, can trash. you just be present? Can you just be present? Can you just be present? Why you always have to be distracted? Yeah. No joke. One of, I, I mean, to call this a mantra, I don't know. I, it's just something I live by. Stay present. No mm-hmm. expectations. Yes. It's a very, and that's a very monk-like way to be. And uh, I do the same thing. I try, I, I, I stopped trying to not have expectations. I've just noticed myself having less expectations. Right. It's just, a, it's like, now that's like just my default. And I don't know the, how it just happened kind of organically with me. And it's happened with people. It's happened when I watched Coming to America too. Thank mm-hmm. God, because dear God, why did they do that? But yes, <laughs> I, I was like, this is so good. I did not have expectations of this because I would be very mad. Right, right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. In fact, what was it? I, I want to say it was the movie Seabiscuit. People were trashing that movie so much. It was some horse movie. I think it's Seabiscuit. Are there, oh, there was another, there was a War Horse movie. There was, I didn't watch War Horse. I didn't see either of those. I don't think I'm into horse movies. <laughs> now that I'm not. thinking about it. The, yeah. You know, the horse is a hero. There you go. Yeah, I think we get it. <laughs> or you watch the trailer. Look, the horses know, like, it wins a race, it loses a race, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, yeah, we get it. Yeah, so um, I remember having such low expectations, but then, like, it's it pretty good. It's pretty good. I, even with that recommendation, <laughs> with that- No, I'm not telling you, I don't know. No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> probably will die and have never seen Seabiscuit. Sure. But I do fucks with the name Seabiscuit. That's funny to me. Yeah? Seabiscuit. I would have, I could have a dog named Seabiscuit. Yeah. That, that's a good, that's a good mm-hmm. name. I, even though I, I kind of have a hard and fast rule. Like if you're going to name a pet, it has to be one or two syllables. Is that, and that's too many. Seabiscuits, three. Yeah. But there's a, there's a, there's a rhythm to it. Seabiscuit. Like yeah. just the, the, the whole idea is like, you're going to have to say this name over and over and over again. I get so, it. Yeah, if you're gonna name your like dog Princess Marmalade, it's like right. what the fuck, man. You gonna right. say that shit over and over again? Yeah, no. There was a, every time I hear long dog names, I think of a uh, Sex in the City. Uh, there was a dog that was named the Charlotte uh, acquired. That was her name was Princess Dandywine Brandy Ridge, <laughs> or Princess Dandy Rid- Brandywine. Dandy- what? It was one, or maybe the inverse of that, whatever. It was too long. And then she ended up renaming her Elizabeth Taylor, which is also too long. Right. Yeah, no. I'm a huge fan of human names for dogs. 
What do you think of my sister naming her dog Edward after Edward Cullen? I was on board with just Edward. Yes. But a Twilight reference? Uh-huh. No, we don't do that. I wish she came out of the closet earlier and then she would have not named him that. Did she regret it? Um, yeah, she's not a huge fan of it anymore. But yeah. my sister has the worst luck with dog names. She has a dog <laughs> who's currently named and she named it before all of this, but it's don't, just what she lives with now. Don't say Bill Cosby. Corona. <laughs> Stop it. Yes. She named her dog Corona. Corona. And then look what look what happened. Get away, Corona. Stay <laughs> away. Away. <laughs> Six weeks. That's unfortunate. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It's no, it's he, pretty hilarious. You know, she could it's a dog. You could have changed the name. Yeah. And but now it's too late, right? They can't you can't retrain them a different name. I don't know about that. My when I used to live at my parents' house, uh, we had old neighbors that would name call like my dad's dog was named Jeeves, but they would all always call them Sin. Like, come here, Sin. Sin, and, as yeah. in like a sin. Yeah. Hilarious. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why, and they're past, so that I'll never know. <laughs> and it's a mystery for the rest of my life. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> but they, it responded to it eventually. Eventually. Eventually, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, Edward's not that bad. Just or not Edward. Uh, Corona's not that bad. Right. Just like it just till this is over, it's it'll be fine. It'll yeah. No, I mean that that's what I from what I understand that like after the Spanish flu, um, you know, and things were safe, like the things pretty much rushed back to normal. A, a degree of normal like it, well, right right if this is not part of a bigger plot which i think it is but we'll see ooh, ooh, i, I want to hear i want oh. look I, we gotta is conspiracy theories part of this candace show how much time, how much time do we have i look go on go off no, no. i mean i i have to i have to do i'm i have to do another call at like what time? It's eight. It's almost eight thirty. Right. I How much probably should be done. I shouldn't be on here longer than eight forty-five. Okay, got it. All right. So tell me this conspiracy theory, and then we'll get to what you've been doing. Well, I mean, it's. I don't even think it's a conspiracy theory. Honestly, uh -huh. it's just. I mean, if, if, I'm not one of these people that just thinks this is about a virus. Like, there's some other shit going down. Like for sure. Uh -huh. um, there's a. Uh, people call it call it what you want. The Great Reset, whatever. Uh, there is. There's been a huge transfer of wealth that has happened during this whole entire thing. Mm -hmm. I think it's like a hundred thousand small businesses have closed. Um, mm -hmm. People are becoming more dependent on the government, which is for the government side not a bad not a bad thing if they have more control over people and access to their money mm -hmm. um so uh people are and people have also died which you know people talk about there's population control that's a that's that's definitely a conspiracy theory but sure. i do know that i i do believe that yes there are people that run the world that there are people who are making these decisions about our lives i do believe that 100 and they're oh, evil sure. people so oh, yeah. And I think people that don't believe that need to, you know, do some research because it's, right. <laughs> it's just true. Yeah, that's, and, that's not, that's not that much. I thought you were like, so my dad thinks that this is like the de the House Democrats in cahoots with chi China. Oh, well, I mean, and yes, but it's not just the Democrats, it's both of them. I think, <laughs> I do think 
the uh, the left and I don't the left and the right are just distractions. They both work for the same people. Oh sure. And yeah, yeah, no, no. yeah. So, but yeah, they're China's in up in so many politicians' pockets for sure. And right. where did this virus come from? It came from China. And my, my, I, I my, see the I see things seeping mm -hmm. up, creeping up into American culture, and uh, you know we're losing freedoms left and right. And so mm -hmm. I can't help but have a conspiracy brain thinking where is all this headed? And it's like, yeah, right. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. But it's, uh, yeah, my dad thinks it's like George, George Soros funded Chinese influenced, like, I believe that 100%. To made specifically I, to put to depose Trump. Oh, I don't believe that. That's I, what my dad believes. Yeah, and a lot of people do, because I've gone through so many rabbit holes in, uh, in quarantine, because, and I think everybody should have, because we had, like, what else were we doing? Like, go online and let's see what, let's, let's explore and be no, curious. But, but Animal Crossing can't. The animal it's so nice <laughs> that's what so many people are doing you're right what was i thinking <laughs> no no but please enlighten me what did what rabbit hole did you go down oh i've gone down all of them like you name it i've gone down it pizzagate right. uh Epstein. wayfair well, absolutely i've got right. i know about aliens i know about all of this <laughs> oh do you know the what is it called the treaty of Grieta? something like that there was a treaty made during Eisenhower's I don't know uh, about that. administration that we, as the American government, have uh -huh. with the Greys to keep the peace intergalactically. I have heard about that, but I didn't know because what the name. reptilian like <laughs> right are here to take our basically our life juice because they don't have it. Right. Here's what I have to say. I don't. I can't say that's true, and I have no idea. Uh, it's not. And, and what I just need everyone to admit is that they have no idea what's going on. Like I hate, right. that's one of the reasons why I hate Twitter because everyone tweets as if they know what the fuck they're talking about. Right. You have no idea. I'm the first person to admit I have no idea what I'm talking about. I've done mm -hmm. a lot of research and I tell jokes, mm -hmm. but I will admit, even with all the knowledge that I have, that I still know nothing. Mm -hmm. I know a fraction of all of the knowledge. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I'm not going to be cocky about anything. I'm open to being right. wrong. I'm open to disagreeing with people. I'm open to having all types of conversations. And I think more people need to be able to do that. But with yeah. the conspiracy thing, with the, here's what I, I don't know about the reptilian stuff. I do, I do believe aliens. I know that's, right. I know aliens are real. Uh -huh. and so if aliens are real, why couldn't reptilian people be real? This is me just cr critically thinking. Right, if right, right. aliens are a possibility, which I think most people are on board with, yeah, especially now since they've come out in the media and they're talking about aliens are real. Right. I don't know why people need the media to tell them something's real when you mm -hmm. have so many other outlets and your intuition and your gut, you know, to trust. But whatever, that some people just take whatever they see on television and take it as fact. Right. Um, but yes, like if you believe aliens are real, then why couldn't an alien that looks like a reptile be real? Mm hmm. So that's why I don't make fun of, I, I take information and I am just very discerning with it. If it sounds too ridiculous to me, it's probably true. Uh-huh. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Are you on the level of like, remember in the first Men in Black where Tommy Lee Jones reaches for the National Enquirer and he's like, ooh, this is where we're going to get our true stories. And and then Will Smith picks up the New York Times and he's like, no, I don't know what you're looking through that rag for. He's like, because this is where the facts are. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, I'm not like, I mean, I've referenced that before in conversations with my friends because I do feel like, yeah, it's the stuff that people make fun of that we should be looking at. Um, there's a lot of stuff that people just dismiss as crazy. And because it's like, 
that would never happen. It's like, just because you don't believe it doesn't mean other people don't believe it. And it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And the fact that too many people are dismissing certain things as crazy is the reason why nothing will get solved and why we will continue to remain in the situation in the predicament that America and the world is in right now is because too many people are still asleep and they're not paying attention. Yeah, yeah. Take, yeah, you think you're woke? You ain't. No, I I mean, I'm not, I, it's such a cliche at this point. It but is. Yeah, the people that call themselves woke are the most asleep because you're focusing on the wrong shit. Like mm-hmm. that's not what makes you woke. Calling anything racist is not what makes you woke. Mm-hmm. Like, Calling me by my birth name without me uh, giving you permission, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> People do that, and it's like, yeah, I make fun of it, but I didn't, I didn't tell you, I didn't tell you that, I didn't tell you to do that. How dare they? Mm-hmm. Sure, Fausto fits my vibe more, but like, I just know <laughs> Jake. I am Jake. Sorry, I'm Jake. The you know, and you could use that because now people are saying that stuff's a hate crime if you misgender people if you use the wrong pronoun. They're using the wrong name for you. That was a personal attack. I am offended. That was a hate crime. I hate everybody. Speaking of hate, I hate everybody right now. Yeah, I, I get it. Yeah. Same, 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 same. I know we're pressed for time. I thank you so much for uh, sharing your What have you been up to? You've been running on Netflix After Party. You do a show every five months. You got two podcasts. <laughs> You're you're about to uh, you build a doomsday bunker and host correct. a talk show out of it. What else is going on? That is correct. I mean, that's really all that's going on. I yeah. I could be being a little bit more productive with uh, really? my time. Yeah, I mean, I could absolutely. There's days. Well, for my job on the Netflix show, I have to watch a lot of Netflix shows. Right. I have to watch. We have to binge watch like a show in like a week. Oof. So that we can, yeah, every time we have to shoot a show. And the thing is that it's not, we're not on a schedule. We're not like a every, the show has changed formats so many times. There's been so many different formats of the show since we started. Um, And so we're not on a schedule. Once, when we first started, we were shooting once a week. Now it's like Netflix is picking the shows that they want us to cover for that episode. So we have to kind of base it on when that show is going to drop and whatever so it's like we're not so we could find out we're doing a show like three days before we have to do the show and it's like oh so i now have to watch a whole entire series tonight <laughs> tonight <laughs> is what you're saying and what was the write- most annoying series you had to binge oh god um yeah that was that was hard for me <laughs> I met that doesn't seem like at all up your alley, Candace. No, it was not. And it could have been. Like, right. I'm a fan of period pieces. Like, I, I'm here for like Pride and Prejudice. Mm-hmm. But I also, there, I had issues with just like, I mean, look, it was Shonda Rhimes. I've been a fan of some of her work, and there's some of her stuff that I've not been a fan of. Right. But the thing that bugged me about that, there was some colorism and some issues with like, she's supposed to be this woman that like is supposed to be about, you know, we're talking about inclusion and, mm-hmm. you know, diversity and whatever, but the, I had problems with that. I had problems with that. Uh, every, every black person that was like an aristocrat was like light skinned, except for the father of one of, did you watch, did you watch the show? I have not. Okay, well, I'll make this brief because I know you don't know. But anyway, there was a the one there was one like dark skinned black character on the show, and he was like the devil. Right. <laughs> and I'm just like, 
this is like, I see what you were going for. Like you got mm -hmm. the, the checks, the, the boxes checked, but like right. now we have to look deeper, <laughs> mm -hmm. deeper than just, you know, face value. And you're seeing these right. characteristics and these stereotypes that are being portrayed through these characters. And it's like, this is not helping anything. No. It's still reinforcing like colorism issues. And just in general, like I just needed more stuff to happen in that show. Like it was just kind of like a little boring, but yes. <laughs> so that, that one and I, we have to watch The Circle. Oh, wow. You had to watch The Circle? We have to watch it. So, and, so it's season two and I had never seen any of it. So I had to right. go and watch season one before season two drops. And um, Michelle, Michelle hosted it, right? Michelle Bito hosted it. I was like, easiest job in the world. She wasn't even like there. Like <laughs> she's on like two episodes and the rest is voiceover. I'm like- hey, Michelle would be the only reason I would ever watch it. Yeah, of course. And I mean, but she's barely in it. She's like wow. only present. You literally, I'm talking about, you see her physically on maybe two episodes and then right. the rest is just her narrating. Damn. It's yeah, that was painful. So I'm not looking. We just did Shadow and Bone. We taped that today. Right. And that's coming out, I think, in I don't know. <laughs> April maybe. <laughs> but I did enjoy that one. It's kind of like a an easier version of Game of Thrones to follow. Okay. Yeah. Cool. But yeah. Now you said a bunch of format changes. What is your guys' current format? Uh and how does that work? Yeah, we're basically now just like a talk show. And we always were a talk show for next, specifically for Netflix programs, which I thought was just a great concept, like to have a talk show on a platform just for those shows on that platform. I was like, that's a great concept. Um, but when we first started, it was like Spade is the host and then he's got his two co-hosts, Fortune Feimster and this British chick who uh, was new to everybody. Her name was London, Hughes, name is London Hughes. Everybody's great, but then like, when we first, you know, were when they first pitched the show and we first got picked up and when we first started shooting, it was the, the idea was we got these three co-hosts and we're going to have guests come on from the shows on Netflix. And we're also going to have bits with like comedians that are on Netflix. We're going to have them come out. They'll do field pieces. There'll be correspondents. It'll be kind of like a version of Lights Out on Comedy Central, but with specifically like Netflix talent. Right. And then since then, it's just changed to basically a talk show uh -huh. all about that show that we're talking about and so they noticed that viewership dropped off when like a comic like who's amazing like bill burr did our first episode right. when we did cobra kai and viewership fell off tremendously when he came out because we weren't talking about cobra kai anymore so right. the executives saw that and they were like we got to make the entire show all about the cast. So the cast has to be involved with everything that we do. So there's no more like guest comics. There's no more like Aww. field pieces that don't involve the cast, which is fine. I mean, like we still get to, you know, uh, write jokes and stuff, which is fun and fine, but it's, you know, it's just not like, I think we all want it in our hearts, like lights out to like come back, but it's gone. <laughs> it's yeah. gone we all need to move on but i'm just happy to be working i'm very grateful to be working when yeah. during this time when so many people are not so right yeah that's i i mean <laughs> whatever format it i mean i i can only imagine being because netflix doesn't they don't release a lot of their numbers oh no but, they don't re release any of their numbers but they have all of them and of i mean course they it, do yeah it's just you hinting at it like oh my god they must like you know um test everything 
um, what, what word am I looking for? Not field test or audience test. Um, like focus group? Focus group, yeah. They must yeah. focus group so much stuff. They have to, yeah, yeah. they have to. And uh, I mean, yeah, it's unfortunate that you gotta just play with the cast, but I mean, I mean, that's essentially like what a late night talk show is. Yeah, no, it's, it's, we still have fun and it's still the same family that we had over at Lights Out. So I'm just happy to be working period, right. but also with people that I love working with. Spade is such a great boss. Brad and Tom, the showrunners are amazing. The two mm -hmm. co-hosts are Fortune in London. They're great. Right. Yeah. We're ha we have a party. It's just, you know, we have to work independently right. from our homes, which right. sucks because, you know, writing, you know, we need the creative juices and the chemistry of being in the room to get those juices right. flowing a lot of the time. So that's the hardest part is just being like, I've been trapped in my apartment for a year and I'm supposed to be funny somehow by myself. Right. Yeah. yeah. Do, does every, I, you know, I asked Yasser this question about, because he's working at a virtual writer's room. How is it for you? Because he, he loved it. He's like, I don't have to commute. You right. know, people, we aren't watching YouTube clips all day. People just say, <laughs> their, say their joke and they get out. And it's they great. get out. Yeah, no, I think, you know, for some people that would be fine. I guess it also depends on what you're working on, uh, what type of show, but like on our specific show where it's like, we have to come up with bits, whereas he's on a scripted show, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that's complete. Like I could stay at home and write a script all day by myself. But like when it's like, I need to come up with a bit for this particular show, I wanna be able to bounce ideas off people and punch up someone else. And like, I throw out an idea that maybe I think is terrible, but then someone changes one thing and it's like, oh, it works. You just need to do this. Like uh -huh. that, to me, that's different. And, I'll, and just like, we come up with like, you know, one-liner jokes. And it's like, to me, that's easier to do like in a room where you're just bouncing, bouncing with people right. as opposed to writing like dialogue. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So yeah. how, are, how are you going to do your doomsday prepper health and wellness talk show <laughs> from a bunker? Like, how is that going to, how's that going to work? I mean, I'll, I don't know. I'm going to have to figure out how to set up my podcast equipment inside my doomsday closet right where i've got my bunch like my bottles of water stocked up and my tampons right my two-year supply of tampons. <laughs> watch you know because you're you you'll get so paranoid the show will only be broadcast on ham radio <laughs> you have to be in a certain proximity at a location to be disclosed uh via signal <laughs> right. via the app signal As long as you sign up for Candace's uh, exclusive newsletter on how to make your own quinoa um, while not talking to people. With mint. With, with mint. <laughs> while wearing a tinfoil hat, yes. Oh, perfect. I'm sure it'll look stylish as hell, for sure. I mean. You, yeah, you're not just gonna like I mean, crumble up some tinfoil. <laughs> no, it would be in a style. I'd probably make mine into a tinfoil fedora. Mm-hmm. You feel free to borrow one of my many fedoras to use as some blocking. These are the mold. Yep. Mm -hmm. Hilarious. I forgot you're the hat man. I know where to go. I know oh, who to yeah. call. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> um, very quickly, just as we end here, you know, uh, you miss stand up. You look forward to doing it again? Or, I mean, are you just like, I mean, I'm home. I'm good. 
Yeah, I guess I'm not a stand-up anymore. It's crazy. Um, yeah, no, I, I do miss it, of course. Like, I, you know, I went from doing it most, most every night of the week, multiple nights a week, multiple right. times in a night. I went to do it from doing it like six to seven times a week to doing six or seven times a year. And <laughs> yeah. so that was a big life adjustment. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it sucks. Um, I'm doing a show, the comedy stores did, is putting together uh, a, a drive-in show. show at the Rose Bowl. So I'm doing that on the 27th. Yeah. So that'll be fun. I still haven't, that'll be my first time doing a drive-in show. Yeah. It's going to be weird. If they did it the last time, like the last time I was at, uh, I watched a drive-in stand-up show at the Rose Bowl. You'll get to see yourself on a jumbotron, Candace. Uh, you shouldn't have told me that. <laughs> it, was, it was a trip. I did, look, I, I watched Daniel Rugg Webb like look like an ant by the naked eye and then see him on a huge screen. Like, oh my Whoa, god, this is wild. That's a lot. It's uh, a lot. It's a lot. Uh, great. <laughs> yeah, great. It, it, I'm sure. I'm sure you'll do great. I have full faith in you. Oh, I'm not worried about that. I'm not worried about doing well. Um, I just, I just, it's just sad. Like this is what we, what we have to do now. Right. Well, just all right. So do your set just like, like this. Just like have uh, your hand covering one side of your face where the jumbotron. Yeah, be. just block it out. Yeah, 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 I just don't like looking at myself. I don't like. I don't like listening. Like whenever. I need to listen to myself or a set. I'm like, Ugh, or like edit it or listen to a podcast. I'm right. just like, I don't want to hear myself. I hate it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's shocking. People tell me, have told me uh, all throughout quarantine, like, oh, I have such a soothing voice and they like hearing me talk. And they're like, really? He's like, I hate how I sound. I'm, I spend all the time with this guy. And- He's like, I'm over it. I'm, I'm, yeah. Yeah, we all have a different version of ourselves in our heads. We always think we sound much worse than how other people yeah. consume us, but yeah. hey. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thank you so much for joining me, Candice. This has been so fun. Uh, I, miss, I miss you so much. No, I miss you too. I miss everybody. I do, like I complain about people and I say I hate them, but I do miss seeing everybody. But yeah, right. you're always a delight, Jake. So of course, thanks for having me. I enjoy Absolutely. this. Um, where can people find you online? Is there anything else you would like to promote? Well, sure. I mean, yes, my online that I neglect terribly. I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I try. Um, yeah. it's just, Is that Candace really did? <laughs> I'm kidding. I had to stop that because you told I know me you I'd, be, to, yeah. I'd be manifesting stuff. So like, uh-huh. if I keep talking about dead Candace, mm-hmm. you're going to die. And I'm not even scared of dying. I'm really not. I just mm-hmm. didn't want to die sooner than I had to. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I was like, let's not force things. Um, but yeah, Jokes by Candace is my social media, Twitter and Instagram. Um, mm-hmm. My podcast, The Struggle with Candace Thompson. I mean, I neglect that as well. Like I do the bare minimum for that show. Um, mm-hmm. But I do have a heavily produced Spotify podcast that is about to drop on um, at the end of March. Uh, very funny comic, Chinadu Unaka and I, uh, we're co-hosts and it's called Nosy Neighbors. Um, and we're very excited. We have like Roy Wood Jr. as a guest. We have uh, Yvonne Orji from Insecure, Ego Wodum from SNL. They've done episodes. I think we have Marlon Wayans coming on this week. So very funny we just riff on the silliest 
uh, posts that we find on the next door citizen apps in our neighborhoods. There you go, because yeah. racism is alive and well. <laughs> Abs- and absolutely. Yep. Right there, right there in your app, you can see it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, we just have we we make fun of that and we just have a good time. Right. That sounds lovely. So look what what's the name of it again? It's called Nosy Neighbors and it'll be out on Spotify the end of this month. End of this month. Look out for that. Uh, uh, I am Jake Kroger. Uh, I created the Comedy Bureau. You can find the Comedy Bureau at thecomedybureau.com at the Comedy Bureau across platforms. You can find me at not the supermarket on Instagram. MFJ Kroger on Twitter. There are a lot of great causes to support at this time, but I ask you to uh, support those. But if you have money and generosity after that, uh, please support the Comedy Bureau because I'm the only guy running it. Um, would you like to say anything as we sign off here, Candice? Um, no, just uh, watch the Netflix after party. Absolutely. And be safe, everybody. Be safe. As I uh, like to say at the end of every episode, comedy is still happening. And as the great Brody Stevens would say, enjoy it! The Comedy Bureau Field Report is recorded, produced, and edited by Jake Kroger. Music by Brian Grineo. Artwork by Andrew Delman and KT. And part of the Believe Podcast family. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.